Welcome back, friends. It's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo from Wings 93, the new rock edge, with another story of true crimes and unsolved mysteries. Now, chances are you've probably heard the names Bonnie and Clyde. They've been synonymous with each other since the early 1930s. And this week, we dig into the story of the two accomplices turned lovers in a True Crime Tuesday episode number 59, The Bonnie and Clyde Story. Our tale begins in 1909 in Ellis County, Texas, southeast of Dallas. That's where Clyde Chestnut Barrow was born to a poor farming family, the fifth of seven children. Clyde's parents would move the family to Dallas in the early 1920s, where they spent the first few months living underneath their wagon until they could save enough money to buy a tent. Young Clyde's run-ins with the law began early at the age of 17, when he failed to return a rental car on time. Not long after, Clyde was arrested a second time along with his brother Buck for stealing turkeys. Meanwhile, several miles away on the other side of the city, Bonnie Elizabeth Parker was born in Rowena, Texas, the second of three children. Bonnie's father Charles, a bricklayer, passed away when Bonnie was just four years old, and Bonnie's mother Emma was forced to move back in with her parents in a suburb of West Dallas. In her sophomore year of high school, she met Roy Thornton, the two later dropped out of school and got married September 25, 1926, just six days before Bonnie's 16th birthday. Now, while the marriage was short-lived, they never officially divorced. In fact, when Bonnie was killed in 1933, she still wore the wedding ring that Roy had given her. Flash forward to the late 1920s, when Clyde had began working a series of odd jobs, although legitimate ones while still dabbling in cracking safes, robbing stores, and stealing cars. Then in January of 1930, Bonnie and Clyde crossed paths, thanks to a mutual friend. They spent a considerable amount of time together over the next several weeks as their love blossomed, but their romance was cut short when Clyde was arrested and convicted for stealing cars. Clyde was subsequently sent to the Eastham Prison Farm in 1930 at the age of 21, where he would escape thanks to a weapon smuggled in by his dear sweet Bonnie, although he would eventually be caught and returned to the farm. Sources say Clyde Barrow was sexually assaulted multiple times during his stint at the Eastern Prison Farm, which drove him to commit his first murder. He beat his abuser to death with a steel pipe. While at the farm prison, Clyde Barrow made a fellow inmate chop off his toes so he didn't have to do hard labor in the fields. However, such a gruesome act may not have even been necessary. As it turns out, Clyde's mother had successfully petitioned for his release, and he was let out on parole just six days later. But the two years spent at the prison farm changed Clyde. Even his sister said something awful must have happened to him, because he wasn't the same person when he got out. Also, a fellow inmate had watched Clyde, quote, change from a schoolboy to a rattlesnake. After Clyde left prison in February 1932, he teamed up with Bonnie and a former prison friend, Ralph Fultz, and began a series of robberies at various stores and gas stations, hoping to steal enough money and guns to launch a full-scale attack on the Eastern Prison. However, their plans were ruined in April 1932, when Bonnie and Ralph were arrested during a failed attempt to rob a local hardware store in an effort to steal guns. Bonnie served only several months and was released, although Ralph Fultz served considerably more time and never rejoined the gang. Then in August of that year, Bonnie and Clyde and several friends were at a country dance in Stringtown, Oklahoma, drunk on moonshine, when they were confronted by the local sheriff and his deputy. That's when Clyde Barrow opened fire, killing the deputy and wounding the sheriff. 
marking the duo's first violence against law enforcement, and it surely wouldn't be the last. Over the course of the next year, the gang grew to include several others, including Clyde's childhood friend W.D. Jones, who was only 16 when he joined the group in 1932. A year later, Clyde's brother Buck joined the efforts after being released from prison, along with Buck's wife Blanche. The four or five folks lived in a hideout in a quiet neighborhood in Joplin, Missouri, often hosting loud, booze-fueled card games and parties, with people coming and going at all weird hours of the day and night. The noise attracted the attention of some nosy neighbors who alerted the local police. The Joplin Police Department sent a five-man team out to the hideout, assuming they were about to encounter a group of bootleggers, since the U.S. was still in the later stages of prohibition at the time. But what they found was Bonnie, Blanche, and the Barrow brothers armed with military-grade assault rifles, among others, who opened fire, killing at least two officers. The group immediately fled, leaving most of their personal possessions behind. While investigating the scene, police found Buck's parole papers, which at that point were only about three weeks old, along with a large stockpile of firearms, handwritten notes, and a camera with several rolls of undeveloped film, which would later reveal photos of Bonnie, Clyde, Buck, and Blanche showing off their stolen cars, weapons, and Bonnie and Clyde's budding relationship. One of the rolls contained a now-iconic photo of a young Bonnie Parker leaning on one of their stolen cars, holding a revolver, clenching a cigar between her teeth. It would prove to be the first of many times Bonnie and Clyde would evade capture by police. And for the rest of the story, join us next week for part two of the Bonnie and Clyde story on True Crime Tuesday. We'll see you then.